Noah and Kate, Chapter 32 Kate was actually surprised to see Paige in the passenger seat when Jeff pulled up to the cabin in a convertible later that evening. Surprised and, frankly, a little relieved. She'd fully expected her friend to beg off with a sudden book emergency or an attack of some totally made-up migraine condition. But there she was, blonde curls all wild and windswept, laughing with Jeff as he pulled the car to a stop. Kate stepped out onto the porch to greet them both. Hey, guys. Hello again. Jeff came forward to hug her. This time it was a little less tentative than the first time. He was a good hugger. She'd give him that. So where are we headed? Kate looked at both of them. Any preferences? Paige put up her hands. I'm afraid it'll be just the two of you tonight. I just asked Jeff to drop me off here. I have an online order that came in for a rare book I forgot we even had. I'll have to look through Grandpa's boxes to find it. Kate leveled a look at her. Really? Yeah, the customer wants it expedited, too, Paige said. It's a big sale. I don't want to let him down. Kate turned up the wattage on her smile. Well, we don't have to go out. Why don't we all stay here and barbecue whatever's in the freezer? You can look for the book while we talk. Jeff turned to look at Paige, waiting for her answer. To her credit, she didn't even hesitate for a second. A little pout and a few blinks really sold it. Actually, I think I feel a headache coming on. I get these terrible migraines sometimes when it's really humid. I would hate to spoil the fun. Kate glared at her. Sometimes it really sucked knowing someone so well you could predict their little schemes. But don't let that stop you from you two having fun, Paige brightened. Go enjoy yourselves, I insist. Jeff turned his questioning expression, eyebrows aloft, back to Kate. What do you say, Kate? Kate exhaled slowly through her nose and forced a smile. Sure, but could I just have a second, Paige? Inside? Won't be a moment, Jeff. No problem, he said amiably. I'll just wait in the car. Come on out when you're ready. Jeff trotted down the porch stairs and went back to his car, and Kate steered Paige inside with a firm grip on her elbow. Once inside, she lowered her voice to just above a whisper. What are you doing? Kate demanded. Why are you backing out? Because, Paige said, like it was obvious and Kate really should be quicker on the uptake. You two should be alone. Now go before he starts to think we're talking about him. I don't get it, Paige. Why are you trying to throw us together? You know about me and Noah. You know that you're just friends with benefits. Yes, I know. Paige cut her off, a tinge of mock solemnity in her voice. You're just fooling around till he leaves in a few days. No feelings involved, right? Till he leaves in a few days. The words made her gut twist and fold in on itself, and for a brief moment she felt dizzy. A few days? Was it really that soon? It seemed impossibly soon. That is right, isn't it? Paige was saying. He's leaving, and you're looking for someone to settle down with, yes? She turned to gesture through the window at Jeff sitting in his car, head bent down and engaged in his phone. Well, here's a particularly good candidate, if you ask me. Kate sighed, jaggedly, trying to quell her fluttering stomach. You can't just match us up like jigsaw puzzle pieces. I don't even know what he's like anymore. He, he could be an idiot. Paige dropped her chin to her chest. An idiot. 
The CEO of Lucas Aerospace is an idiot. <laughs> yeah, right. She rolled her eyes for extra effect. I don't care what he does or how rich he is, Kate returned. I need to know what he's like as a person. I need to... So you go out with him to find out. Paige started to shove her towards the door. Kate initially resisted, but then let herself be guided towards the door. It was rude to keep Jeff waiting. She really wasn't up for another debate with Paige. You don't have to matchmake is all I'm saying, Kate grumbled. And this isn't even a date. It's just a friendly dinner. Right, Paige said, continuing to push Kate's back. And that's exactly what I'm going to tell Noah when I go over to his place later. Kate stopped. She turned to look at Paige, whose mischievous smile made her look like an eight-year-old plotting how to bribe Santa. What are you up to? Kate asked, almost afraid of the answer. Please don't tell me you're going to try to make Noah jealous. No, of course not, Paige scoffed. But it was a stage scoff. Bigger shrug, more exaggerated facial expression. I'll just say something like, good thing you decided not to join us. Turns out Jeff really wanted to spend time with Kate after all. Paige, alone, just the two of them. I mean it, Paige. Don't you dare. Would you just go? Paige gave her a final shove. Besides, Noah won't care, right? Because you've both decided you're not going to care? I really don't see a problem here. Kate let herself get pushed through the screen door, and Jeff looked up with a smile. She waved at him and held up one finger with an apologetic wince and turned to face Paige through the mesh. I'm begging you, Paige, seriously pleading with you here. Don't make things difficult for Noah. He doesn't need more stress. He doesn't need to be manipulated or have his emotions played with. I won't go tonight unless you swear to me you won't try to play any mind games with him. Paige just kept looking at her, that Mona Lisa smile on her face. I'm completely serious, Paige, Kate said, softening her voice and aiming her gaze right at Paige as if to make the words really stick. You have no idea what his job has done to him, how he's absolutely tortured by it. He really needs to get away without any drama from either of us. Please. Playing around with his feelings is the last thing he needs right now. Paige blinked and her expression softened. She nodded slightly and then tipped her chin at Jeff. Go catch up with your old friend. I promise I won't say a word to Noah. Thank you, Kate said and turned to go. A few days... She forced the thought from her mind and got in the car. Driving down into town in the convertible was more fun than Kate had imagined. The wind whipped through her hair, making it blow wildly out behind her and made her feel like a kid again. Cheesy pop music blared from the radio, and with the setting sun casting a warm, peachy light on everything, it was actually easy to just relax and enjoy herself. It was a nice change, in fact, to be with the guy she wasn't trying to impress— or wishing she could grab by the lapels and kiss senseless. It helped keep the thought of Noah's departure from taking hold. It was still rolling around the edges of her awareness, threatening like a thundercloud, but she was determined not to let it overwhelm her. She needed to have at least one carefree evening with a friend, a friend who wasn't pestering her about her life plans and only half kidding about wrecking Noah's head as well. 
They cruised through the town more slowly, and Kate delighted at Jeff's reaction to the most commonplace things. He'd laugh and point at storefronts he'd once known by other names, or he'd tell her stories of preteen hijinks he and his friends had gotten up to at some shop or other. Seeing her town through his eyes was refreshing, and it made her see it a little differently, too. Cedar Lake really was an adorable little place, especially now that the vacation season was winding down and the streets weren't quite so packed. When they'd finally toured most of the town, Jeff pulled the car over and pushed his sunglasses up into his hair. His eyes were bright and happy, and his smile infectious. So, where should we go to eat? he asked. Mm, what do you feel like? He looked around, as if various dishes were on display among the stores of Main Street. I don't know, really. I could go for almost anything. I did hear there was a great place in Dunmore, very exclusive. There isn't even a name on the outside of the building. Kate repressed a shudder, remembering her ill-fated encounter with Lloyd McGill. I've been there. It's not that great. Oh, really? That's a shame. I was hoping to find a nice place to take my clients. Oh, it's a nice place, she amended. It's just not my speed. Gotcha, he smiled. A thought occurred to him. Hey, is Carlino's still around? Sure is, she replied. Had some swamp water there not too long ago. Swamp water, he laughed, slapping his leg. Damn, but I haven't heard that in years. Oh, we have to go to Carlino's now, don't you think? She laughed as he pulled back onto the road and drove them down towards the marina and Carlino's. They ordered burgers and fries and two giant swamp waters to go and ambled comfortably down to the beach with their greasy hull, sipping their icy drinks through bendy straws and screwing their faces up with brain freeze. They found a patch of grass near the water and settled in. Kate's burger was juicy and extra cheesy, the way she liked it, and the fries were cooked to the perfect degree of artery-clogging crispness. Jeff's were the same, and they spent at least 15 minutes discussing the optimum crunch factor in a perfect french fry. Their conversation was easy and light, and Kate didn't feel the least bit self-conscious, munching away on her fast food. So tell me about this online business of yours, Jeff asked, with what seemed like genuine interest. You sell seed packages, someone said. She nodded and swallowed a bite of burger. Yeah, I started making up special bundles of seeds for my friends a few years back, so they didn't have to look up what to plant next to what, things like that. You know, if if you wanted to attract butterflies to your garden, or if you wanted to grow something that deer weren't interested in. He laughed. Deer are a big problem, are they? I thought everyone loved Bambi. They'll eat your entire garden if you let them, she laughed. But there are plants they really don't like at all. So if you surround the plants they do like with the ones they don't, you have a good shot at keeping them away. That's pretty clever, he said. And so you make up these little seed packages and send them out by mail, is that right? Yes. Although, I found out recently I can't mail them outside the country. She frowned, remembering the apologetic look on Jade's face. Up to now, all my customers have been domestic, so it never occurred to me I couldn't mail seeds to other countries. I'm sure you could find some way around that. If it's a business sending them, I mean. You must be able to get some sort of license. Supposedly, she shrugged. But I don't have enough foreign customers yet to justify the expense. But maybe someday. Jeff looked out over the lake and popped a fry into his mouth. He chewed thoughtfully for a moment and then turned back to look at her. Well, 
Good for you. Sounds like a great business. Well, it's not in the League of Aerospace or anything, she said. It's barely even a business at this point. Hey, I think it's a great idea, he said. And it's definitely a business. It's hard work building something from nothing. You know how few people ever even try? He dipped another fry in some ketchup. You should be proud of yourself. Well, thanks, she said, feeling the warmth of a blush creeping up her neck. My friends thought I was crazy for leaving my job in the city. They couldn't believe I left without having another job to go to. That's the best way to do it, he said, without a safety net. It'll force you to make your business work. Is that what you did? My dad did, yeah, he nodded. Freaked my mom out a bit. He had to mortgage the house to get set up. But he knew what he was doing, and in the end, it was a risk worth taking. They fell into a comfortable silence then, watching the boats out on the lake as the light began to fade. There were far fewer boats on the water these days, and the ones that remained were somehow slower, more sedate, the kind that older couples rented for an end-of-summer getaway. Lazy days anchored in the bay, and the sun still shining on the water, still pleasantly warm, but with none of the boisterous and intoxicated college kids or loud music. On balmy, peaceful nights like this, even the gulls called out drowsily, waiting patiently on the nearby railings for leftover fries or bits of bun. You know, I've really missed this, Jeff said after a few moments. Kate fiddled with a ketchup packet and followed his gaze out over the water. My life has been... crazy, he said, laughing at his own choice of words. That's the only way to describe it. Crazy. I feel like the last five years in particular have been a blur. I don't even have a real apartment in Boston. I have this really small studio thing, and all I have is a bed and a microwave and a desk for my computer. <laughs> I'm there so rarely. The rest of the time, I'm at work. I even used to sleep at work most nights. An image of Noah asleep in the break room filled Kate's mind, but she brushed it away. That was entirely different. Noah's shifts were often overnight. But then a fiercely defensive impulse rose up in her, reminding her that it wasn't different at all. Both men were dedicated to their jobs. Both made sacrifices in order to do their work. This isn't a competition, Malone, she admonished herself. Just be here with Jeff now and try to enjoy yourself, would you? It all seemed so important, he went on. And it was, I guess. Had to be done to make the company what it is. But man... He shook his head and gestured towards a large, sleek yacht drifting across the bay, a tanned couple lounging comfortably on the deck. They waved when they saw Jeff looking at them, and he waved back. See? That's the life, isn't it? Kate mentally tallied up just how much it would cost to own a boat of that size and luxury, but refrained from pointing out that at least someone had had to earn an awful lot to be able to pay for all that decadent downtime. Wealthy people were like that, Kate had observed, even the ones who hadn't started out that way. They forgot that they were only able to fantasize about a life of leisure because they had worked so hard to be able to afford it. It wasn't like Jeff could have opted for a life of sunbathing on a yacht, but chose to work his butt off for five years instead. She understood about burnout, but she also suspected someone like Jeff just needed a break, not a change in lifestyle. You'd probably miss working, though, Kate said. Or rather, you'd miss having some purpose that made you want to get up in the morning. Vacations are great because they're just vacations. 
Eventually, you need to get back to real life. Maybe, he granted. And trust me, this new site in Dunmore is going to have me hopping for the next two or three years at least. But I fully intend to enjoy my life while I'm doing it. And no more sleeping at work? She grinned. God, no, he laughed. Mrs. Young will probably make me buy a house here, knowing her. I'll probably end up with one of those old properties on the other side of town. Those old Victorian beauties with the bay windows and the sun porches. Oh, they're lovely, Kate agreed warmly. In fact, I'm dear friends with a sweet older lady who lives in one of those old houses. She's letting me fix up her greenhouse and gardens to use for my business. Oh, perfect, Jeff nodded. His brow furrowed. Wait, do you, do you mean Miss Travers? Luna, yes. His face brightened. Luna, I remember her. I used to mow her lawn when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah, her place always was a bit run down. I'm, I'm surprised she still lives there. She manages, Kate said. She's still pretty sprightly for her age, and she still loves her garden. I spend quite a bit of time over there. I've grown quite fond of her. Oh, I'd love to see her again, Jeff said. Maybe I could come with you next time you visit, if I'm not being too presumptuous. Sure, of course, Kate said. I'm sure she'd love to see you. In fact, I'm going over there tomorrow afternoon, if you want to come along. I'd love to, he said. He looked at her almost shyly then, and Kate's spidey sense of awareness tingled in her. Had she just asked him out? Would he really consider an afternoon spent with an 84-year-old a date? I think she's been pretty lonely these last few years, Kate went on, trying not to meet Jeff's eyes. She's really enjoying meeting people again, being part of the community again. Wasn't there some scandal with her? Jeff asked, squinting as he tried to remember. I don't recall exactly. I just remember my mom talking with my aunt about it when I started mowing her lawn. There was something very hush-hush about Miss Travers. I just don't know what it was about. I don't know, Kate mused. I get the strong feeling there's more to Luna than meets the eye. But I've never wanted to pry. You know how it is. Jeff shook his head and laughed. Small towns. There's always something going on behind the net curtains. That's what Agatha Christie said, Kate agreed, in her Miss Marple books. The goings-on in St. Mary Mead were every bit as dramatic and scandalous as any big city, lace curtains notwithstanding. Well, I myself can't wait to find out all the dirt in Cedar Lake, he said jovially, even if I am the subject of most of it right now. You've definitely given the older lady something to titter about. Jeff waggled his eyebrows again, and Kate laughed. Do you feel like walking along the shore for a bit? Jeff asked, getting to his feet. He packed up their burger wrappers and empty cups and tossed the last few soggy fries at the lineup of gulls, who flapped and squawked and fought each other for the bounty. Sure, sounds nice, she said. She got to her feet, and they tossed the garbage in the cans by the steps that led down to the beach. They passed a few dog walkers and a couple who were strolling dreamily in their own little world, but otherwise the beach was surprisingly uncrowded for such a lovely evening. Waves lapped gently at the shore and Kate was struck by a sudden urge to sink her feet into the warm, wet sand beneath the water. She paused to slip off her shoes and waded in up to her calves. The water was the perfect temperature, and she barely resisted the temptation to dive in, clothes and all, and go for a swim. She remembered another perfect night, minus the clothes, 
and indulged herself in the memory for just a moment, clinging to Noah beneath the surface, feeling his hard body against hers, moonlight and the sparkle of stars illuminating his face as he grinned at her, teased her, kissed her. No matter what happened, she had that memory at least. It took her a moment to notice that Jeff was taking off his socks and shoes, too. He rolled up his pant legs and shirt sleeves and joined her, picking his way through the pebble-strewn sand and into the lake. He laughed happily as his own movement splashed water onto his expensive pants, and Kate laughed, too, mostly at how much he was enjoying himself. They walked along together companionably, their hands brushing against each other from time to time. Neither of them reached for the other's hand, but the closeness was comfortable and uncomplicated. Jeff stooped to gather some sea glass, a blanched and rounded green shard of what had once been part of a soda bottle. He presented it to Kate like it was the Hope Diamond. For you, my lady, he said, with faux grandeur, the famous gemstone Pièce de Mountain Dew. My heavens, Kate laughed, playing along. This ought to be in the Smithsonian. Hey, if we find different colors, we could make a swamp water necklace out of it, he said, his face lighting up. He searched the shore as they walked, but the green fragment was the only treasure to be found. Kate slipped it into her pocket and ran her thumb over it idly, like a worry stone. You know, Kate, Jeff said after a stretch of silence, his tone now sobered a little. He looked over at her to catch her eye, as if making sure she was paying full attention before he went on. She met his gaze and waited, but that only seemed to fluster him. He looked down on a little laugh and kicked at some water. I don't know if I should mention this or not. Mention what? She prodded gently. Well, it's not really any of my business. I mean, I've only been back in town a few hours, <laughs> but I guess I just don't like beating around the bush, you know what I mean? Kate pulled up her favorite quote from Pride and Prejudice, the line the long-suffering Mr. Bennett says to his flibberty-gibbet wife, I'm afraid I have not the pleasure of understanding you. Jeff laughed. Sorry. I'm not sure I should be asking this, but here goes. Noah Kincaid today, in the bookshop. Are you and he... He let the sentence trail off, as if expecting Kate to answer. And she probably would have, but for the life of her, she didn't know which of the two generally acceptable answers to give him. I only ask, Jeff went on quickly when Kate stayed quiet, because he seemed pretty okay with me until the subject of dinner came up. Even though I clearly invited him and Paige along too, if you remember. But after that, he seemed pretty pissed off. We, um... Kate tried to force herself to say the words aren't together, but they wouldn't come out. Neither would the opposite words. She was too busy thinking about Jeff's observation and the fact that Paige had called Noah out on being too weird with him, and with her own spidey sense that Noah had actually seemed jealous for the first time in his life. I tend to rush into things, Jeff said on a bashful smile. Sometimes it gets me into big trouble. But I didn't mean to step on any toes or anything if you two are an item. An item. Where had she heard that recently? Suddenly she fixed on an image of she and Noah perched on a discount store shelf with a price sticker on their joined hands. We aren't an item, Kate finally said. So don't worry. Noah's just 
really worn out from work and really ready for his vacation. He might have just been sorry he couldn't come tonight because he's too tired but didn't want to say so. That was so not the reason for his chilly response to Jeff. It didn't even sound half plausible coming out of her mouth as she was saying it, but she felt she had to say something. Okay, Jeff said, drawing out the word, infusing it with doubt. But, you know, something else I'm good at is reading people. It's a good skill to have in my job when I need the very best team around me. I bet, said Kate. Please, let's start talking about airplane computers or orbital Star Wars films or whatever. Please, 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 please. And I couldn't help but get a, I don't know, vibe from him. Like he didn't want me asking you out. No, don't be silly, Kate scoffed. Besides, you didn't ask me out. She emphasized the words dramatically. You asked him and Paige to join us, so it's not like a date date or anything. Right. And besides, he was completely okay with all my other... She froze and wished she still had some curly fries left so she could stuff them in her mouth. With all your other... Kate sighed and looked out over the water. She did not want to be having this conversation. Not tonight. Not with Jeffrey Lucas. Not when her own mind was still whirling with a tornado of emotions and doubts and questions. She shook her head. Nothing. It's nothing. It's too hard to explain. It would take way, way too long, so. Jeff tilted his head back a little and looked at her speculatively. Not accusingly, not with any kind of judgment, just with more than a little contemplative speculation. Okay, sure, he said finally, amiably. Not my business. Just wanted to clear the air on that and make sure it wasn't overstepping. I've always liked Noah. I wouldn't want to get on his bad side. Don't worry, she said. He couldn't care less if you had been asking me out. And that's when the tears came. Abruptly, like someone had turned on a tap. All of a sudden, her eyes were puddling and hot tears were spilling down her cheeks. She turned away from Jeff and wiped angrily at her face, cursing her overwrought emotions, cursing her ability to cry at the drop of a hat. Breathe, Malone, just breathe. Just pull yourself together, for God's sake. Hey, 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 Jeff said, coming around to stand in front of her. He gently took her by the shoulders and leaned down to look into her eyes. What did I say? I'm sorry, Katie, I didn't mean to bring up anything painful. It's okay, it's, it's fine, she said, delicately withdrawing from his grip on her shoulders and turning her back to him again. You're not fine. And I'm sorry if I said anything to upset you. He paused awkwardly as she tried to wipe the last remaining tears from her face. Look, I can just take you back if you like. She shook her head and sniffled, turning to face him again. No, I'm all right, I promise. I'm really enjoying our walk. Let's just keep going, okay? He regarded her again for a few moments and then reached out his hand to her. She took it, and together they continued to walk through the cool, fresh water of the lake. Jeff didn't speak for a long time, and with each passing moment, Kate felt more and more uncomfortable, like she was punishing him for having made her cry. Look, Jeff, she finally said, it's just that uh, Noah and I are, well, we're... Exes, he guessed. 
And damn if that didn't start the waterworks again. Because very soon they would be exes of a sort, and it was just too painful to think about without the benefit of tears. And before she knew it, she was spilling out the whole story to Jeff, explaining as best she could how they developed their unusual relationship, and how it was going to be ending very, very soon. She tried to make it sound healthier than it was, tried to take as much responsibility for it as she assigned to Noah, tried to frame it as a simple summer fling that meant nothing, especially to Noah. Jeff listened patiently, letting her talk, squeezing her hand now and then when she seemed in danger of breaking down again. She hadn't realized there was so little to say about it, really, when it came right down to it. Two friends having a fling before going their separate ways. One friend in love, the other friend having kept his part of the bargain and not let his feelings get involved. Simple, really. She had promised she wasn't going to fuck around anymore, and look what she'd gone and done. Only she'd fucked around with more than Noah. She'd managed to do it with her own heart as well. When the story finally petered out, and she heard herself beginning to repeat things she'd already said, she let the gentle lapping of the water fill the silence. She felt a flush of embarrassment and regret at having spilled everything like that. Poor Jeff. One afternoon in town, he, he already had his high school crush crying on his shoulder over another guy. He was just so easy to talk to, she realized, even as her cheeks burned. Like this was some kind of defense she could present to an imaginary judge. But your honor, he was just so damn nice. And I can't talk to Paige about it, not since she warned us away from each other in the first place and only recently changed sides and now wants us together more than anything. And I can't talk to Emma or Lily about it. Certainly not Lily. She'd be more than overjoyed that Noah hasn't fallen in love with his little summer fling. I just need someone to listen, someone who won't try to fix the situation, but who'll just listen to this whole ridiculous, dreadful mess I've gotten myself into. Poor Jeff. Friend zoned again, even after all these years. I am so sorry, Jeff, Kate said, mortification flushing through her. I should not have dumped all that on you. I feel like such a jerk. Hey, don't worry about it he said affably. You're dealing with some tough stuff. We've hardly talked about you at all, she said by way of apology. I am not normally like this, I promise. I'm usually much better company. He put his arm around her and squeezed gently. I remember. And you haven't changed. You're still a lot of fun to be with. Tears notwithstanding. Goes without saying. She laughed and leaned into him still feeling ten kinds of embarrassed over her outpouring of emotion. But she felt calmer, too, and a little lighter. She would make it up to Jeff, she vowed to herself. The next time they got together, it would be his turn. She'd ask him all about his life over the past fifteen years, and all about his plans for the future. Maybe after Noah left, it would be nice to start getting to know Jeff again. They picked their way out of the water and sat on the beach until their feet dried off and they were able to brush the sand off. The sun had set, and without speaking, they both seemed to understand it was time to head back. Should I put the roof up? Jeff asked as they climbed into the car. No, I like the breeze. If you do, Kate replied. And so they drove off, the night air chilly as they made their way through town and back up the hill towards the cabin. By the time they pulled into the driveway, the crickets were singing in full-throated glee, and the night had descended like an inky blanket 
punctuated only by a dim light from the upstairs loft. Paige was still there, it seemed. At least she wasn't over at Noah's, blabbing away about Jeff. As Kate mounted the porch stairs, she became aware that Jeff had stopped and was standing on the bottom step. She turned around to look at him and was greeted by a bashful smile. I had a great time tonight, Kate. Thank you, he said. I did too, she smiled. And she meant it. It had been one of the most relaxing evenings she'd spent in a long time. No pressure, no worries, no heightened awareness of an incredible sexual pull between her and... Well, I guess I'll head off, Jeff said. He chuckled. Paige said she was staying here tonight, so I don't think I'm on chauffeur duty anymore. Oh, Paige. Kate smiled at how obvious her friend could be. Pushing her to go out with Jeff, but also making sure he didn't get any ideas about continuing the date overnight. The mere idea of it made Kate almost laugh out loud, as if Jeff was the sex-on-the-first-date type. With some people, you just knew. Well, thanks for dinner, Kate said warmly. We'll have to have that barbecue soon. Invite everyone over here for a get-together. Sounds good, he said. What time should I swing by tomorrow? Kate frowned and felt a momentary flash of panic. Tomorrow? What was tomorrow? Then she remembered her casual invitation to Luna's house. Oh, um, say around one o'clock? I'll be here with bells on. He hesitated then, and a strange, queasy kind of look came over him. He stepped forward and cleared his throat. I was wondering, he faltered. Well, if it's not too... I mean, would would you mind if I kissed you goodnight? There he was, asking again. Her mind flashed back to that bike ride 15 years ago, and that awkward way he'd asked her if he could kiss her. She almost laughed again, remembering how disappointed she'd been back then that he hadn't been more take charge. It seemed like not much had changed. She didn't want to say yes out loud, so she stepped down closer to him and smiled. He put his hands on her shoulders, exactly as he had so many years ago, and quickly lowered his lips to hers. The kiss was fleeting but sweet. He didn't linger or press for more, and when he straightened up and smiled down at her, she felt a mixture of conflicting feelings. Confusion that this was what he appeared to think constituted a proper adult kiss. Gratitude that he hadn't stuck his tongue down her throat. A bittersweet combination of disappointment and relief that his kiss was nothing at all like Noah's. Good night, Kate, Jeff said quietly, his face flushed. Good night, Jeff, she waved as he went back to his car. <laughs>